Hi, friends. You're tuned in to Legal Means Business, a podcast by Leeway. We are joined by some amazing guests who help us identify how to take your legal function and career to the next level. I'm your host, Steph Smith, and we're talking all things legal ops and legal tech, as well as other critical skills needed to help you thrive in the evolving in-house arena. Don't forget, you can watch us on YouTube or listen on the go through Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy the conversation, please do hit subscribe and let us know what you think on social. The diversity changes that are happening are really big, right? Because it's not just diversity of thought and diversity of people, which are both, you know, in the legal industry has been in dire need of those for a long time. Mm -hmm. It's also diversity of what it, you know, of career paths. The value of diverse teams has been a hot topic over the last few years. With greater diversity offering faster and more innovative approaches to business, as well as a fairer environment for everyone to thrive. To date, the legal industry has been lagging behind when it comes to diversity, equality and inclusion, or DEI. Yet the unique position of in-house legal teams presents a great opportunity to influence positive change. This topic was very much front and centre at this year's CLOCK conference in Vegas. Thankfully, legal ops expert Marie Weidmer and senior legal and business operations manager at Uber, Jonathan Johnson-Swagel, are open to sharing their insights from the event. In this first episode of a two-part series summarising the key learnings from CLOCK, we'll explore how legal can influence diversity, as well as support business initiatives to better measure and take responsibility for their diversity commitments. And I think that takes us on brilliantly to, to another trend in terms of um, being honest with yourself and playing to your honest, genuine, authentic strengths, um, which is, of course, diversity, um, which I, I believe was a, a, a key um, a key topic, a hot topic that was going around uh, the clock event and, of course, the whole world, I'd like to think. But I guess it's wider than perhaps what might spring to mind at first. So it'd be great to understand well, I guess, first of all, what's, what diversity means to you and, of course, what was spoken about um, at the CLOCK event as well. Diversity, uh, the diversity changes that are happening are really big, right? Because it's not just diversity of thought and diversity of people, which are both, you know, in the legal industry has been in dire need of those for a long time. Mm -hmm. It's also diversity of what it, you know, of career paths. What it means to be a lawyer is changing. You've got a lot of ALSPs. There's, you know, with in-house roles and working at legal tech companies and working as a legal recruiter or in legal sales, um, the options available to someone with, with a legal background or a JD um, are rapidly expanding. And also the ability for people who aren't lawyers, um, who've never want to go to law school or went to law school to enter this industry. So whether they're engineers or data analysts or admins or um, sales marketing, what have you, um, the opportunities are increasing. And I think that's a big thing right now in this community is legal ops is one of the few entry points into the law or the legal field that's diverse. And the mm -hmm. fight is to keep it that way, right? Like making sure that we're not just encouraging JDs and lawyers to try to take over this role. None of us want to see that happen. We, we need those 
the more tools and the more options we have, the more unique skills we have, right? Like one of the biggest hires right now that everyone's scrambling for are data analysts. There's just so many skills that this this job requires and this field requires that lawyers by nature, we just don't have, right? So like a lot of it's about EQ, about culture building, about financial analysis, about project management, about just a lot of hard and soft skills that you're not getting at, at law school. So I think that that's a big hot topic. And I'll let Jonathan talk more about it too. But but there's also vendors that are trying to radically change the actual hard diversity in legal, right? Like we've known for a long time that mm-hmm. that lawyers aren't getting equal opportunities, you know, for orientation credits, for partner track, the billable hours track isn't setting people up for success. Law school isn't setting people up to feel included, right? And mm-hmm. and the legal field has just not historically been diverse, whether it's gender or sexuality or race. So there is a big push right now through through vendor management and and kind of in-house teams holding the purse strings to control and and make this a, a you know, a more diverse, colorful, protected community. Mhm. For sure. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> Jonathan? Of course. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um Marie, all great points, and I think that uh, something Marie and I have spoken about independently is that uh, legal and legal ops specifically are looked at to, to bring this culture shift and change. Uh, mm. We're looked at to, to through data and storytelling, uh, through our usual mechanisms, how we can convince other folks to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's important to do the right thing always. We all want to do the right thing always, I think. And in order to get the enterprise and in order to get groups of people to do the right thing, it's a little more complicated. Now, traditionally, uh, it was almost impossible. And uh, what we've discovered is that if you have the ability to ask uh, your vendors, especially legal service providers, for their diverse hours, which is hard to track, and a lot of them do not want to, to report these, and uh, there's probably a reason for that. Traditionally, we have leaned on larger organizations uh, to say, you will report these diverse hours. Otherwise, we just will choose other people to do business with who are happy to report those. That's one method. You can try and strong arm people into that. That's no fun. And even if you're a big organization, sometimes you lose the ability to work with people because they, they can't report, they won't report, a variety of reasons that, that it's just not going to happen. So uh, if you're a really big player and you can strong arm folks into it, uh, good for you. But there's another method that's coming about, and I think we're hearing a lot about this, and it's exciting stuff. We can work with uh, providers who, as we come to the table as enterprises, we come to these providers that, that uh, like Justice Bit is a, a, a group that we heard about a lot and we saw really visibly on the floors mm-hmm. um, of CLOCK. They say that if you come to us and uh, say, we would like to work with providers who are diverse, we will then pressure them to register with us uh, with their information, which helps eliminate the kind of tough part about tracking and uh, data processing laws. Um, so worrying about whether or not you're getting this information from your European vendors, whether or not it's coming from California vendors, how to process all that information, whether or not you're giving the right disclaimers. A lot of work happens there. makes mm-hmm. a lot of people um, uh, a little hesitant to get into this business of tracking diversity because it's going to cost, right? That's what mm. they say. Well, by going to these uh, providers of 
of uh, diversity justice, what you can do is is go to the table with others and say, hi, we want the same as all these other folks. We want to work with people who take the time to report these things. And self-reporting means that you get more business because people really like working with ethical players who are willing to report these kinds of things and make it easy for us to spot the right folks to do business with. So we're making it easier in that respect to, I think, do business with the right folks on both sides. We're making it easier for folks to come to the table and report to organizations like this and to be able to use that same reporting out for anybody else who wants to work with them. It's beneficial. And it's also easier for us because then we can go and get kind of a Rolodex of, of good ethical players who are really taking seriously diversity that matches many of our enterprise's values. Mm-hmm. So I think good stuff is coming here. And uh, for me, that personally matters a lot because, you know, the three of us on camera right now are all diverse. And, uh, you know, I think it matters that uh, to represent in the, the legal operations and legal space, it means that we all have uh, access to um, equitable, fair, uh, and just uh, ways of being in this space, uh, getting paid fairly, having our voices heard, working with people who represent us and mm-hmm. the diversity that matters to us. So uh, all good things happening there and only uh, more good things to come if I suspect right. Yeah, yeah, completely. I, I really I completely agree. And that's the thing as well. It's, it's, as you said, it's the right thing to do. And it's also a huge strength to have that diversity in your team and have those different perspectives, different backgrounds, different ways of looking at things. I think the when you increase the diversity in your team in, in whatever way you're bound to see in small ways and in really quite large ways, you'll come to completely different outcomes, which hopefully will will better deliver to to whatever it is that you're you're trying to achieve. Um, certainly when you're working with you're trying to represent you know whoever it is your audience your users your whoever it is so yeah couldn't couldn't agree more and do you have any tips on how um people working in-house or legal ops professionals can whether it be um educate themselves more or get more involved in that kind of um in the diversity space I suppose I'll let Marie speak to this more in a second because she has a great recommendation I think about uh, building this into sort of a legal operations step. But uh, I think that it's about having the conversations with our councils, uh, okay. letting our GCs know that it's really important to focus as a cultural element, that we work with diversity uh, uh, seriously, that we seek out diverse uh, firms that we work with, that we represent uh, through our uh, dollars um, what matters most to us as an enterprise. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's being personal about some of these values. Uh, we learned a lot at Clock that in order to do this kind of branding, in order to be big players in the space, we have to be vulnerable. And I think part of that's saying to folks that, that we are we are uh, diverse people and it matters to us that we uphold these values. And part of our, our vulnerability is saying that it really matters to us that our companies uh, take uh, seriously these ultimate commitments we have. And that's that we, we protect the values that we all have, that the space should be safe and equitable, that we all uh, represent here, and that our ideas are stronger together, like you said earlier, Steph. We don't want to work in stagnant cultures. We don't want to work with people who have stagnant cultures. We want to work with people who support this kind of diverse and equitable life. Agreed. And Marie? Yeah, um, you know, on the program management, like rolling it outside, right? I think that there's two ways that at my last role, I tackled it. So legal ops like Jonathan touched on and we are kind of with the culture keeper of the legal team right so we're the ones that are really building that groundwork of like how, 
how the team interacts, right? Does the team have a website? Does the team have shared resources? Is the team having, you know, meetings? And, and one of the things I rolled out was professional development, right? So workshops, coaching. Um, and I think that breeds diversity on the team, right? Because if you're doing top-down professional development and leadership coaching and making sure that, that, you know, from the top all the way to the bottom, that people are getting education and and um, mental health resources and professional development resources they're building confidence they're building their personal brand you're really giving everyone a space to to grow and to shine on the team and giving them also a healthy place to start to air out their concerns where they don't feel like they're being appreciated or that their needs aren't being met or they're not being treated equitably so I think really building out professional development and, you know, leadership on teams to create a space for diversity to grow is important. And that can be done very easily by the legal operations team because we're the, the kind of hub of program management. The second one, of course, is, is that vendor management, outside counsel management. When I worked with Justice Bid, um, it was really easy to, you know, meet with the team. They're very easy to approach. I, you know, if you want to learn about diversity in the legal space, I would just message them on LinkedIn. You know, Omar and Mark and, and Adam and the team are incredible. Um, and they have a ton of resources to help you really understand how easy it is to roll out a diversity program. For me, um, it was as simple as like, I changed my outside counsel guidelines to require compliance with the, the tool that we were rolling out. And, and it wasn't just that fluffy statement that I used to put in that said that we expect you to have diversity in accordance with this, you know, because mm -hmm. we would always get emails back from, from um, law firms that would say, oh, well, you know, that's great and all, but like the partners that we're assigning to your case are the partners we're assigning to your case. So, you know, so actually enforcing it with data and saying like, okay, here's what we know about your data in 2022. And by 2023, we expect you to hit these metrics. And if you don't, then you're not going to be one of our preferred vendors. And when it comes time for us to do big projects, big money, um, you're not going to be a part of it. So I, I think mm -hmm. that's, you know, it's all program management and slow change management that legal operations specializes at. So I think that's the key, right? Is that give your mm -hmm. legal operations person the autonomy to make those changes. And you will find that your legal team is diverse um, because mm -hmm. legal operations can roll out the programs that make it easy and accessible for diversity to, to, flourish. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I think that the idea that those kind of programs can fall under a legal operations role goes to show the diversity of the legal operations profession in itself. Um, it just feels very rich with variety and, and diversity, um, of course, which is amazing. What a, what a place to be. <laughs> And just to, to make, I know that we won't have a time to get to this as a bullet point, but Marie and I had also mentioned this as well. We are all, especially in small departments, uh, only so much, and there's only so much diversity even one person with a diverse background can have. And that's why it's important to know that not only is your community out there, but we see a growing um, uh, group of alternative legal service providers as well, because we're only so much. And sometimes you have to hire a little more support from out there to increase the amount of information you know and the kind of programming that you can do. So we mm -hmm. saw a lot of that increase as well at Clock. We saw a lot of ALSPs. I think because 
we're only so much and our departments are often small and under-resourced. And sometimes we need some extra firepower from some individuals who have done this, who have been through the ring several times. And maybe something that maybe I'm not a specialist at this. Maybe I'm great at three programs, but maybe there's another platform that I don't have as much experience on, but need somebody to help me integrate with. Mm-hmm. So uh, we saw a lot of that as well, which speaks to the fact that there's so much diversity out there that alternative legal service providers are booming because they have a lot of experience in uh, a variety of wheelhouses that maybe uh, under one umbrella an enterprise doesn't have because mm-hmm. they're just so much as one legal ops person at a time. Yeah, exactly. So if you if you need um, support in a in a certain area, be sure to search for it because it's likely that there will be somebody out there um, with the skills required to help you. And also, kind of in that ALSP trend, right, is is the is the continued rise of of contract workers or or you know attorneys or non attorneys, um, legal ops professionals who are who are kind of taking on that gig economy approach. And I think that's really fostered a lot of diversity because people are saying, if I can't get what I need from a law firm, which is what I was told I was supposed to do when I went to law school, right, is you graduate and you go to a law firm. And I think that the the idea of what it means to be a lawyer or a legal ops professional changes as we welcome more contractors, because you can really have more autonomy. You can take the work that suits you, you know, you're, you are selling your services, whether you're a business or an individual, right? And so you need to go work somewhere that embraces you and mm-hmm. your body and your thoughts and who you are. And if you can't get that from your company, then then I think people are finally starting to say like, well, then fine, I'm going to go sell it out on the open market. Mm-hmm. And and people are buying it. You know, we, we hire contractors. They're some of the most valuable people on our team. So I think just understanding that like there's there's no wrong way to do things anymore. And, and legal operations shows that, right? So I think the more that continues, the, the happier I think we'll all be. <laughs> Mm-hmm, for sure. And the faster the, the whole industry will progress as well when we have all this kind of diverse thought, diverse background, diverse experience, learning from other industries, learning from other backgrounds. It's only going to fuel and, and speed up and get to a better um, outcome in the end. Well, there'll never be an outcome. It'll be continually progressing, no doubt, but a better journey for sure. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. I'm sure we could talk um, for days um, about all the learnings and all things legal ops, no doubt. Um, are there any kind of final points on anything that we've we've talked about today or anything that we've missed that we really should get in before tying up? I would just lean back to say over and over again that community, conversation, transparency, um, being really honest with yourself about where you are in your current state, about mm-hmm. your vision for the future. If you could give yourself one gift... It's to, to do honest, hard prep work, um, do the do the hard analysis of your current state, map things out really plainly, uh, mm-hmm. clean up as best you can, and then move forward into the future state with that clear, honest communication style. Make sure that the tech team, whoever you pair with, really knows what your goals are and encourage that partnership, that kind of friendship together. It's so much easier when you're working together on projects with folks who are also working together toward the common goal with you. Makes your life on there so much easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, couldn't agree more. I feel like that goes for life and vendors. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> Murray? Kind of parodying Jonathan in similar trend, right, is just, just community and, and being a curious member of the, the community, right? So like adding people on LinkedIn, engaging on their posts, commenting on their posts, reaching out to members, um, you know, direct messaging, everyone's friendly, signing up to go do vendor demos, even if you don't have any plan in the next year to mm. buy a tool, 
just mm-hmm. so that you understand what the market is. Um, and vendors are usually really friendly and able to answer questions that, you know, I've learned things that I didn't know from, from talking to vendors, right? So everything that you put in to yourself by asking questions and reaching out online will pay off in person and it will pay off later down the road. So, you know, make the effort now. And, and I can't, I can't stress enough how much reward there is on the back end for just those little, it builds the momentum builds itself, right? Just start with a couple comments on people's posts and then start making your own posts and mm-hmm. it just, it'll go from there. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I myself can't iterate that enough as people have been overly generous with their time, which has made a huge impact um, for the, the last year or so for me and my development in the world of legal as well. So, yeah, especially you two even now and Marie for maybe over about a year ago we maybe first spoke now so yeah thank you so much really do appreciate it and thank you so much for sharing about your your time at the clock events your hopes and dreams for the world of legal ops it is an exciting time um to be part of and i'm excited to see uh, what you both do as well <laughs> thank you so much for having us steph i really appreciate it it's been an honor to speak with everyone and i look forward to connecting with everybody in the spirit of community yeah, fantastic. Well, thank you. We'll be sure to link your LinkedIn's and everything so everyone can can get in touch. <laughs> Thanks so That's much. Perfect. Thank you so much.